listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonçalves. It's Thursday, the 20th of July, 2023. We begin our special CEO series for this season. Uh, as corporate reporting season kicks off next week, we've got the first of one of the smaller companies, Zip, and we speak with its Chief Operating Officer, Peter Gray, in a few moments. But first, to the story of the day, and that's Australia's jobs market, which remains tight. The unemployment rate staying at 3.5% in June. 33,000 jobs were created. For more, I spoke with Matt Cowgill. He is a senior economist at SEEK to find out what it says about the economy and what it probably means for interest rates. It's extraordinarily hot. Um, at no point between 1974 and 2022 did we ever see an unemployment rate with a three in front of it. And we're still sticking steady at that three and a half percent. So this is an extraordinarily tight labour market. Uh, and it really just keeps going from strength to strength. It was a surprise today to see unemployment sticking at at 3.5%. A range of kind of forward-looking indicators of the labour market, including uh, the number of job ads on SEEK, have shown some moderation in recent months. So we've been expecting uh, unemployment to start to tick up. Um, But as of yet, it, it hasn't started to happen. Can we break down some of the numbers within the report? What in the data reflects just how tight the labour market is? I think for me, it's the uh, employment to population ratio. So the ABS measures what share of the working age population has a job. That's 64.5%. That's literally as high as it's ever been. It has never been higher than 64.5%. And that to me just really reflects um, this is a very strong labour market with very strong demand for workers. Really, whichever indicator you look at, it's telling a pretty similar story. So underemployment is also very low compared to where we've been in recent decades. And as we've talked about, unemployment remains at 3.5%. Here's the thing, though. It is backward looking. I mean, not very further back, but still backward looking. We know that the incoming RBA governor, Michelle Bullock, already spoke of a jobless rate of 4.5% being inflation neutral. So we know that the RBA wants the unemployment rate to rise to ease inflation. We've seen anecdotal evidence of job losses just today. Telstra confirmed it It may be sacking as many as 470, uh, 472 jobs. So are there any signs of weakness in today's numbers? Oh, <laughs> Um, The only real sign of weakness in today's numbers was a slight fall in the participation rate. So this is the share of working age Australians who's either in work or actively looking for work. That fell from 66.9% to 66.8, a really kind of marginal change. And that is a fall from the highest level we'd ever seen. So it's falling from a very high base. Other than that, that's really of of the main kind of indicators in today's data from the ABS. That's the only kind of... um, dark cloud, everything else is silver lining. Um, So you're right, we hear a a lot of doom and gloom out there. Um, We have seen uh, spending by consumers start to slow. There have been widely publicised layoffs in a range of companies. Um, But as of yet, they're not showing up in those headline labour force numbers. So ultimately, what will this mean for the RBA when it meets in August and for potential, potential other rate increases because we've got the the inflation numbers coming up next week too. So I guess a lot of attention on that. 
The inflation number will be the big one for the RBA at its next meeting. This is the quarterly inflation read, which is um, higher quality, more reliable than the monthly numbers that we get. Um, so that will, I think, guide the bank's decision much more than today's labour force numbers. Look, the continued strength in the labour force does add to inflationary pressure. Uh, it does probably make a further rate rise slightly uh, more likely than it otherwise would have been. Uh, I don't think it will significantly change the bank's thinking, though, um, partly because if we look at their last set of forecasts from a few months ago, they expected unemployment to average 3.6% in the June quarter. With today's numbers out, we see that the average in the June quarter was 3.6%. So we had 3.7 a couple of months ago, then a couple of 3.5. So we're right around where the RBA thought we'd be um, when they last updated their forecast. So I don't think today's numbers will, will meaningfully change their decision making. And a lot of people talk about a potential wages spiral. I think the RBA said that wages growth um, will meet its inflation targets as long as there's a, a pickup in productivity growth. But how is all of this relating to wages? Because advertised salaries on the SEEK website continues to grow, although at a slower pace, right? That's right. We've seen SEEK um, advertised salary index uh, start to slow down. So advertised salaries are still going up, but they're not going up as fast as they were through last year when um, demand for workers was really off the charts in Australia. Um, so it does look, at least using SEEK data, that uh, wages, the peak of wages growth is behind us. So it looks as if we've passed the peak in terms of wages growth. Um but the, the continued strength in the labour market reflects the fact that there's still really strong demand for workers and, and that is likely to feed into rising wages. Matt Cowgill there, the chief or the senior economist at SEEK. We'll get the market reaction to today's data in a few moments. But first to our special CEO series with uh, Zip's chief Operating Officer Peter Gray today. The Buy Now Pay Later company did make a number of job cuts last quarter, but it posted a 21% increase in quarterly revenue to $194 million. And while the number of merchants rose 1.5% year on year, the number of active customers fell 3.5% year on year. I spoke with Zip CEO, or rather Zip COO Peter Gray. So the last financial year has seen a lot of change happening at Zip, going essentially from a, a growth company to one that's cash flow positive. How is that going? Yeah, look, it was a significant reset to the strategy over the, the last uh, 12 months. And obviously that was in response to deterioration in capital markets and, and some of the opportunities we had before us. Uh, the results today really demonstrate some significant proof points to the uh, ongoing execution of that strategy. Uh, very well pleased with the numbers we released today. Revenue growth outstanding. Uh, and a big call out on that path to profitability was the US business uh, exiting FY23 uh, cash flow break even on a monthly basis, which clearly will underpin uh, the group profitability outcome. Locally, what are you seeing on your books, though, that can give us an indication of the way consumers are dealing with the rising cost of living and, I guess, higher interest rates? And is it the same or similar or different with the US? Yeah, each of the markets is a little bit differently. So uh, in terms of Australia, uh, we have maintained uh, what we see as the top end of town has largely maintained their sales numbers. They are starting to soften. Online and discretionary spending is starting to soften a little bit more aggressively and small business really are struggling uh, in the current environment and uh, the rising cost of living. We have seen a slight uh, deterioration or softening in terms of credit performance. This would largely be in line 
with most consumer-facing portfolios, credit cards, personal loans, and obviously the banks have also increased provisions for losses uh, with regards to mortgages. I think this is where we're well-placed, though, with regards to the portfolio management tools we have uh, at our disposal, and we have been able to increase margins, uh, albeit in this uh, softer environment. That deterioration for consumers, is it something that concerns concerns you and in terms of um, the economic outlook? Look, it's uh, we're very conscious of the impact that the rising costs are having on on our loyal customers. Um, it's not so much concerning in, in terms of uh, our business and business model is actually remarkably resilient. No matter what the external environment, we have the ability to both thrive and survive uh, in in no matter what the macro is. So it does see uh, a little bit more stress come on to to some of the consumer uh, that we we serve. So we are mindful of that and we have adopted uh, adjusted risk settings in terms of the zip uh, opportunity. You know we're well placed to to penetrate both discretionary and everyday spend categories. So I think it actually creates. Uh, more opportunity for us to create further trust and support for both our customers and merchant relationships. We know that the RBA wants to see the unemployment rate rise to 4.5% to be inflation neutral. We've got a jobs update today. Is ZIP going to have to let go of any staff in the near term? Yeah, so clearly employment is also a key indicator of, of credit performance, and we have started to see leading indicators of, of that softening. I think, as we called out in our results today, uh, we had made some proactive measures with regards to our cost base uh, in both Australia and the US. So we have uh, reduced our people cost over the quarter uh, by an annualised amount of about $15 million. So we have uh, pruned the uh, the cost base and we, we further optimise our, our operating model to deal with the external environment. So that means more jo- uh, job cuts to come at ZIP. And do you know, can no, any idea how many? No, no. So just to be clear, uh, over the past quarter, we have made some reductions in our employee numbers. Uh, so we have proactively uh, addressed that 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 uh, that cost lever. Uh, so n- no further reductions um, after that, that initiative. Okay. Legislation to classify buy now, pay later products as credit products, I think is due by the end of the year. Uh, I, I think Zip is backing it. What will it mean for your customers and how will it impact your company? Yeah, we're very supportive of the uh, the path chosen by Treasury in terms of the recommendation for the regulatory framework. Um, we have been engaged with Treasury over the journey and we have been advocating for fit-for-purpose regulation uh, since 2019. So we have uh, adopted a a fundamentally different approach to providing our services. We have done ID, credit and affordability checks on on all our customers since inception. So effectively, we're really well placed for the introduction of of, of this regulation and it's largely BAU for us and our customers. So our customers know we already have their back. We're not putting them in situations that uh, create additional financial stress because we do have a good understanding of uh, their financial situation prior to offering our services. We'll largely be uh, more of an impost for, for the competitive peer set, including the banks. Final two questions. What would you say to shareholders that have stuck with you through the pandemic and saw their shares surge to see their value of their investment wiped right now? Well, not completely wiped, but significantly wiped. Yeah, I, I would encourage them to stay the journey. I think we've been very clear in terms of the strategic reset that we have undertaken in response to that change in in, in market conditions. I think uh, very clearly, and these results do more of the same in terms of delivering proof points to the execution of that strategy. Uh, the next one will be group profitability, which is uh, on the near-term horizon. So once we are profitable, we do have the opportunity to reset our our risk settings and go for profitable growth and accelerate from a great platform. So we we do believe uh, the best is yet to come from Zip. 
And finally, something that I'm asking all um, CEOs or COOs or company leaders during profit reporting season, I'm curious to know what your company's position is on the voice to parliament. Why? And are you financially backing the campaign either way? Yeah, we're, we're politically neutral. I think, uh, you know, we had the opportunity to, to establish a new trusted brand uh, and engage with our consumers. And uh, we support a, a wide variety of initiatives broadly in line with our consumer base. So uh, effectively, we, we don't have a, a public position with regard to that. And we certainly haven't contributed either way financially. Peter Gray there, the Chief Operating Officer at ZIP. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. The Australian share market closed flat today. The S&P ASX 200, 7,325. That's an increase of just 1.3 points or 0.02%. But there was some reaction on the currency markets following that news of the jobless rate remaining at 3.5%. For more, I spoke with Elizabeth Tian. She's a Global Market Equity Derivatives Director at City. Liz, first of all, how did the markets react to today's job numbers? Because there really was a big swing in the currency markets. Yeah, there were strong numbers again, you know, unemployment really low. And the reaction we really saw was in, as you say, currency and rates markets rather than equities. We saw our currency spike up. We saw yields go up. And that really is a reflection that with job numbers that strong, it really means that the central bank, our reserve bank, is all else being equal, likely to continue with these rate hikes. We're expecting at least another two rate hikes with obviously if job markets continue to be strong, CPI numbers next week strong, uh, there could be even more down the horizon. So you said there wasn't much on the market, say, in terms of reaction, but where were the gains, if at all? Yeah, so equity markets for us today, ASX 200, pretty much flat. We are, you know, we did see a lead from offshore Wall Street um, after market overseas. We saw some reports coming in from Tesla. Their shares were down 4% after market. We saw the price action on uh, Netflix down over 8%. So that's fed into US futures. That's trading negative most of the day today. So that's seen our market really flattish, despite the US market having eight you know, positive gains in a row. That's kind of taken a little bit of air out of our markets across the However, in Asia, Chinese markets, fairly buoyant, good news coming out of China with rhetoric that, you know, they're really trying to potentially look at stimulus and, you know, the private sector, you know, giving that some kind of love again. Okay. Um, Reporting season is coming up in Australia in the next couple of weeks. I guess that stimulus from China will be good for the likes of Rio Tinto, which exports iron ore. We'll hear from Rio Tinto next week. What are the kinds of things you're going to be keeping on when reporting season ticks on? Yeah, so it's, you know, been a real surprise, I think, both, you know, reporting season, obviously, in the US and Australia. It's been a surprise how strong equity markets have been, if you kind of think back to where we were early in the year. And, you know, despite the many, many rate hikes from central banks, from our local RBA, um, equity markets have continued to be strong. Economies have remained robust. So what uh, investors are going to look for is signs all these rate hikes, how is that feeding into corporate Australia? So if you look at different sectors, for example, in the retail sector, we think that, you know, the uh, high-income households, they're 
pretty much buffered. But, you know, some of the lower income households, they're going to be under pressure. So we've downgraded uh, some of our calls on the consumer discretionary stocks, people really cutting back on discretionary. Um, and the, sec- the sides we like are things like the supermarkets. And, you know, same thing with banking, lots of rate hikes. How's that feeding into mortgages? What's that looking like in bad debts? It's all looking pretty much fine at the moment, but that's what the clues that the market's been, our market's going to be looking for. And finally, in wrapping up, where do you see the opportunities for investors at the moment, if any? Look, I think, um, you know, we think that the markets have run very strongly. Our target, for example, the US equity markets, which is kind of the lead for, you know, the big market, um, it's probably run a little bit ahead of what our price target is. So we think if there's a pullback in equity markets, um, it's more a chance to buy in and potentially not chase it too much. Um, The big question investors have to think is, with equity markets being as strong as they are, does that mean that, you know, really we're in for a soft landing, job markets are strong, we're not going to get the recession? Or is it really all these rate hikes, that lag effect hasn't come through and we will see a recession a little bit later, maybe a few quarters away. And, you know, that's a very, um, that's where investors have to be very cautious. Elizabeth Tien there from City. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decisions.